What's up, everyone? Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Space Talk. I'm your host, Athena Brensberger, also known as Astro Athens, or you could just call me your in-app astronomer. Um, so I am so excited about today's episode because um, a good friend of mine is joining our show. He has been on here before on Space Talk um, as a listener and has called in and we've had conversations before, but really excited to have him as a special guest because we're going to be diving into everything he does does and um, why this is making, uh, literally what he does is making an impact on um, everyone that is involved in science, science communication, people that are interested in space, um, especially younger kids as well, who um, are, I would say, are probably following in his footsteps. So let's go ahead and read his bio and then we will welcome him on. So Tony, uh, his bio says, Tony is a, uh, is a husband, father, and science communicator in pursuit of his MS in space studies and astronomy. When he was younger, he thought he was too stupid to study space until a teacher helped him realize that he wasn't. And now his mission is to motivate and inspire future generations to really dive into their passions and pursue schooling and careers that give them purpose specifically in space science. He hosts the Space But Messier TikTok and YouTube channel where he educates the general public about space with the goal of helping them realize they aren't too stupid to study it. Without further ado, please give a warm welcome to my friend, Tony DiBernardo. What's up, Tony? Go ahead and unmute your mic. Hello, hello. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's so good to talk to you again. Of course. Welcome to the show. I'm so happy uh, that, that you're on here. Um, and I just want to say I love uh, you. You have such a, a humble start to your bio where you literally mention, I am a husband, father, and a science communicator. Uh, and I don't see that a lot in people's bios. So I, I, I really love that you that you wrote that. Well, you know, over the last like six years, I do love I do love space. I do love science. But there's been like many times where I've had to choose between the two, right? Between mm. science and, and family. And a lot of the times we can make both happen and it's fine. But um, yeah, it just kind of, it kind it's more of a reminder for me, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, that's what's, you know, so great about it too, especially because like, you know, at the end of the day, whatever our careers are, we still have other roles that we play um, for the people that are around us. Um, and I think Absolutely. that that, yeah, that probably really ties in well uh, with um, kind of also what else you said in your bio, which was about, you know, wanting to help motivate and inspire future generations to dive into their passions and pursue schooling. And I think coming from the place of being a father, um, you probably truly understand that and see that because you are raising one of your own. Um, are they old enough to be uh, studying space or are they super young? Um, they are super young. So I've got Aww. a four-year-old daughter. She turns four this month. And then I have a two-year-old son. And oh. they definitely don't study space. But I mean, mm -hmm. when, they, when they were really young, we started reading them books, just like normal picture books. And mm -hmm. they would memorize the picture books. And I'm like, you know, just because they... Like, like my daughter can read Tangled. Um, yeah. She could just recite Tangled, right? The whole book. Wow. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll keep the princess stuff in there. But what if we also memorized space, like on accident? So uh, we're working on the planets, but I wouldn't say they're old enough to study it. But I, I mean, you know, we have every rocket launch 
on the TV, on the big screen, whenever there's a rocket launch. Um, they think that every single astronaut in all of their books is their dad, which is pretty awesome. That was oh. how I do it. Um, so <laughs> That's it's so just great. more of like a, I, I like to constantly ask them like, do you want to go to space? And some days it's yes, some days it's no. But on the days where it's yes, it's like, great, like you can, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so awesome. And I, I don't think uh, kids can ever be too young to start to learn about space. Um, there's just so much. And I think it's, yeah, helping them memorize the planets is probably a really, really great start because the, that's something that is, yeah, I guess the words aren't that complicated, right? Like Mars, Earth. Yeah. Like Mercury might be a little difficult. The other day. And like when, when they were really young, we used to say, like when we were going up to the snow, we used to tell them we were going to the moon just mm -hmm. because it's fun to make them think that snow is the moon and they're on the moon and they're playing on the moon and stuff like that. And then the other day she's just running around the grass. She's like, daddy, look, I'm on Venus and just like starts running around. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. That makes oh, zero sense, but it's just cool. You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that though. That's so great. She'd be like, well, on a really, really hot day, maybe yeah, it can maybe feel like day. Venus. Yeah. Maybe if they're like over in New York in August or something like that. She's like, yeah, we're in, in, in Venus. Um, yeah, yeah. That, see, that, that's a way to kind of sneak in that little education about yeah. the planets. Yeah, people are like you're just brainwashing them. No, I um, mean, you know, if it's if it's, it's considered not. brainwashing to like have them learn about space at a young age, I don't think there that's are a worse bad things thing. To be brainwashing them, uh, but we're not going to get into that, are we? Exactly. No, we're not. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so let's get into you a little bit. So, as we're talking about space, just for you personally, like, why is space? interesting to you or like just why space in general um and kind of how old were you when you first truly realized that space exists and is something that interests you well it was really late in in like i'm, I'm 30 uh not mm -hmm. a long life but it was late in my life where where i discovered it so when i was growing up like in middle school and high school and college i wanted to be a musician it's really all i wanted to do um, I started drumming in middle school and then I joined a drumline and marching band and then like played drum set in the jazz band and stuff like that in high school. And then I really just kind of wanted to, to do that. And then from a recommendation from my parents and then an ultimate recommendation from my music teacher, he was like, do not major in music. You can play music for the rest of your life. You do not need to spend all this money to do it. And I was like, eh, okay. So I, I just went to Long Beach State uh, getting a communications degree because back then I thought communications is the easiest. It's what all the athletes do. I'll just get the easy degree. I really don't like school that much. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was never really good at it. And, mm -hmm. um, like test taking or like just yeah, note taking there in was class. Just no, motiv no motivation. Like I didn't really, really didn't care. I'm like, I can play whatever I want on the drum set. I don't need to know history or math or any of this to just play music forever. You know, I just, it doesn't matter. And because I was in marching band, I was playing music. I mean, I was practicing for like three to four hours a night and there just wasn't time for homework or, you know, I made time. I did just enough to get by and pass. Like I was a B and C student in high school, mm -hmm. um, but it really just wasn't important to me. Just did not really see the point. Um, and so like if I was going into high school today, and there were all these ads like join this coding boot camp or like you don't need to you don't need to go to school to get a good paying job. I would probably just went for the straight the paying job and just like dropped out of school. Yeah. Um, but yeah. my parents said, 
you know, it's really important you get a degree. And I agreed. I, I didn't know why, but I just knew I needed a degree. So I went and got a communications degree. And then um, in my last semester of that class, I still, I had never thought about space. I didn't even take physics in high school because I wasn't in that high of a science class. Um, I'd never learned anything about space. And then in my last semester of college, I had to take a class outside of my major. They just forced us all to take a class outside of their major. I hated it. I thought it was dumb, but I uh, looked at the list and the only one that I could sign up for because of the way my schedule worked was um, history of human spaceflight. Oh, and, that's cool. Yeah. It was like, I was forced to take it. It was, it was really interesting. Um, and I was down because I heard it was just a movie take watch a movie take a quiz watch a movie take a quiz i'm like this you know history of human spaceflight i was like yeah that sounds easy this is gonna be done but whatever i think you know where this is going totally mm -hmm. fell in love with it um and for me it's different than most people most people look up at the stars i think and they get uh like a lot of they got a lot of motivation from that and they see you know the milky way in the sky yeah all I, the feelings I up, <laughs> yeah i grew up in southern california i did i've never seen the sky never seen the stars before still never seen the Milky Way. Uh, I know you're just rolling. Oh no! I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, um, but I, I feel bad for you. We got it. We got to. Yeah. We got to change that. We got to change it. I agree. Um, but it was just like these videos we watched about the history of human spaceflight and everything we went through, all of the the programs, NACA, NASA, relations with Russia, working with Japan and and ESA and and all of this stuff and the people that died and everything we went through to eventually get up into space. And so that's what initially sparked it, I think. And now it mm -hmm. obviously goes much further than that. But that, that was my like my first exposure. And, and I think that it, it was I definitely it definitely piqued my interest in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But the thing that locked it into like, to purpose was, you know, we at the end, our final project was they were they gave us a bunch of equations. And they said, here are all the equations that a real scientist would use. And I want you to calculate using like orbital mechanics, very basic orbital mechanics, um, the amount of thrust that you would need on a rocket to send this satellite in orbit around Mars, basically. And they gave us all the instructions, everything. And I did the assignment and it was really cool. It was really fun to do. And then when I turned it in, I was like, eh, whatever. She was like, oh, you got 100%. I was like, oh, well, thank you. Well, no, duh, you gave us all the you know instructions and stuff. And she's like, no, I don't think you understand. Like real scientists, they read instructions, like they read, um, they have formulas. They don't, they, they don't just know everything off the top of their head. Like if you were in a lab and you were told to make calculations, you would just do what you just did. And that was so remarkable to me because I had never done anything of note academically. You know, I've never like, wow, I never got an A on a test or anything, or I never did any of that. And so I think it was the first time I really felt like, oh, I, like I, I can do this. And, and, how old are you? Just like, I was 17, 18, 19, 20, uh, 20, 20, I think. Wow. Yeah. And so. Such um, a different story than a lot of people yeah. in the field. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so, so then that led you I, to then like want to pursue that? Yeah. So I went to my counselor and I was like, I want to switch majors. And she was like, you're dumb. This is the last this is literally your last semester. You're graduating in four weeks. Um, and I was like, okay, well, what do, what do I do? And so I went back to community college. Basically, I, I decided that I wanted to go back to school for a, a second bachelor's in physics is what I wanted to do because 
as I was, you know, I went home and I read everything I could. I read the Cosmos book by Carl Sagan. Mm-hmm. And then I watched the new Cosmos series, the Neil deGrasse Tyson one, your bud. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I, I just, I loved that series. Like if anybody is looking for things to dive into, to teach you about space and just give you your first kind of steps, Cosmos, a space-time odyssey by, by Neil deGrasse Tyson is unbelievable. And it was the golden record episode that really made me fall in love with it all. Um, and the idea that it's just going, going forever. And so when I learned about all this stuff like black holes and dark energy and dark matter and everything we don't know yet, I really felt like, hey, even though I'm 20 and I'm really late to the game here, which I'm not, but I thought I was, mm-hmm. there's still so much to discover. I feel like there's room for me. You know, I feel like there's, there's something to do here. It's not just, you know, you're joining something where everything's already figured out. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. And so, yeah. um, yeah. And so I went back to school. I went, I took my calc and physics at community college and then I applied for a bachelor's program and yeah. And that's uh, where you're at now. That's, is that what you're doing or you got your second bachelor's in physics and now you're doing your, cause you're, you're, are you doing your master's in I'm doing my master's. Yeah. It's yeah. a really complicated story. So I'll get, I'll do, I'll do spark notes. So it doesn't like you know, take up the whole conversation. But basically, I mean, that's what we're here for. Tell us the whole story. <laughs> no, and I, I think it's, it's good too, because it's, it's such a roundabout way to getting a degree that, you know, uh, yeah, I'll just tell it. And basically I got accepted to Long Beach State for their physics program. And I was really mm-hmm. excited. We went out to dinner to celebrate. Um, and then my wife, then I think she was my fiance then. Yeah. So my fiance at the time, you know, we, got engaged in March. And then I got my acceptance letter in April for an August start. And she basically had to have a really hard conversation with me. She was like, listen, like we decided to like start a family and we decided to get married before this space stuff, which I love, she loves and supports. But she basically said, you know, when you are in school, you're at the library for like 14 hours a day. Like that second time. So when I went to college yeah. the second time, I was there all day, man. Like I could not put down my calc and physics book. It was so exciting. And that's why I, I always love to make sure people are exposed to these things. Because if, you, if you're not motivated to do school and then you finally find the thing you want to do, there's you have an endless spring of motivate of energy to study. Yeah. Right? There's, it's just mm-hmm. insane. And so she was like, I don't really see you ever in school. So I was wondering maybe if, Maybe you can defer and we can just spend our first year of marriage with you, not in school. And I, see, yeah. I, I was not super happy school wise, but I definitely respected it. I was like, yeah, you're totally right. I kind of disappeared for six months there um, and then proposed to you. So it's like kind of a jerk move. Um, so, yeah, yeah so I, no, I, get I deferred that. and mm-hmm. um, we, yeah, basically I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to go back and they, they, um, I couldn't find something that worked with my schedule for the Long Beach program. And it was really expensive. And I was just like trying to figure it out. So I found an online program and I called them and applied. And as soon as I applied, they got back to me and they were like, Hey, why are you applying for our bachelor's program? And I was like, uh, because I don't have a bachelor's yet in physics. And they're like, yeah, but you already have a bachelor's and you have all this calc and physics. You should just do the master's program. I was like, what? And like, yeah, wow. Do it. And so, uh, now I just started their master's program and, um, I started it. I bailed out of it. 
and then I restarted it and I'm almost done. Wow. So how long was that, that time period where you started it and then you, you said you failed out of it. So you, you then probably yeah, so redid it. So was that was like a year in total or just one semester? Like early 2018, I started it. And then, um, in, that's when I was really active with space, but messier, you know, we've been married for mm -hmm. two years, a year. And then, um, we were pregnant at the time, which was really exciting. And in June of that year, I got a big promotion at work, um, a promotion I was not qualified for. Uh, it was very, very stressful. And they wanted me to work over paternity leave, which I was like not happy about. Um, oh, but gosh. it was our only source of income at the time, right? So I just yeah. kind of had to. So I got a promotion. Then two days later, my wife goes into labor. <gasps> wow. Yeah. And she was in labor for 49 hours. Um, oh, it my gosh. It was crazy. We didn't sleep oh. for 40. It was insane. Anyway. Wow. So she's a rock star. That was insane. And then she's basically on bed rest for a week, you know, because she's recovering. And then two days after my daughter was born, I have this massive flare up for something that I learned was called Crohn's disease, which <sighs> I, I did not know I had. I, I was just like, I was doubling over in pain. Stomach pain was insane. I couldn't keep any food down. And it was just like, Oh my a gosh. lot of weird symptoms. Basically, we were both on bed rest for like two weeks after the baby was here. It was crazy. And so Tony, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. No, you know what? It's all resolved now. It's all good. Um, it's I've been symptom free for three and a half years. I'm I'm so good in that regard. Oh, but back good. then, like that all kind of life kind of got turned upside down and I failed out of my master's program. And so it was a really kind of dark time. Well, like, there was wow. so much happening at the same so time. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah. but also I would say it was sounded like even though it was a dark time, it also was pretty bright too, you know, having your first child and even though there was so much happening, but, you know, you got yeah. to bring life into the world. You know what? And, and I don't want to put a downer on this too much, but you'd think so. Um, mm -hmm. But, and I think it was because of the fact that all of that stress was around the pregnancy and labor and all that. But mm -hmm. when my daughter was born, I experienced extreme postpartum depression. Oh, and wow. For those of you that don't know what postpartum depression is or that it can happen to a guy is basically you just, your baby is born and for unknown reason, you develop severe depression, like that chemical imbalance that just can't be reasoned with. Um, and so I didn't really want to I don't know. I just didn't like my daughter. <laughs> you know, I had the uh, feelings of not liking yeah. my daughter. I had the feelings of not wanting to be with her. And so it was totally dark. And so um, now since then, I have, you know, started therapy. I've really worked on mending my relationship with my daughter. So a lot of these things I'm talking about now, I do not struggle with. But yeah, that that whole thing happened. And I had to drop my master's program because it's like Crohn's new baby. School doesn't matter. You know, work hardly matters. And right. so, yeah, it was just a crazy time. And so I basically put down space, but messier altogether because I mean, what, what is science communication if I can't like, you know, take care of myself. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was that, that was that whole thing. It took me a while to feel like I could restart the program, but, um, wow. But yeah. And then you came out on, you know, obviously a, a brighter side now with how not only is your daughter older, but now you have a son and now you're back in your master's program and sounds like yes. there's not as heavy amount of stress load. What about, what about the job that you were at? Did you stay there or did you end up getting uh, getting new work? Yeah, good question. I ended up getting promoted from a like 
just as entry-level customer support agent, all the way up to a vice president of customer success at this company. And that was so stressful because I was not qualified for any of it. And it was just the startup that didn't know what they were doing. Um, um, and they kept promoting me and putting more responsibility on me that, to where I was like, you know what, I've had enough, <sighs> this is dumb. Um, and even though the money was great, I was so stressed all the time and it was making my Chrome's bad. So I went to another company to say like, oh, well maybe it's just the company. Um, but I went to another company and tried the same thing and it wasn't the company, it was the job. And so through that whole process, I had been making videos for Spacebook Messier. Um, and so serendipitously, um, now I'm a religious man, so I don't think it's serendipitously. I think there's another reason, but um, mm -hmm. very, very coincidentally, uh, in that time, a company reached out to me and said, hey, um, we saw your Spacebook Messier videos. Can you create content for us? Uh, we're a marketing company. And I've been working in marketing for eight years at that point. And so I said, yeah. So now today I am a content creator. I'm an educational content creator for a marketing company. So I teach people how to run their online business. And I just make videos all day. And uh, I love it. Wow. So I much, much better. Uh, no stress. It's fantastic. Um, oh, that's so great. Yeah, because you found something that not only are you good at, but you really enjoy and you're qualified. It's that's not like how the other thing was where you felt like you clearly didn't, you know, didn't feel like you were qualified for it. So maybe there was just stuff that they expected from you that you didn't have experience with. So how could you provide the level exactly. of expertise they expect? I've, I've been in the same situation. At, I worked only one time at a full time job and it was just like, so crazy. And I, and I guess because of my background in space, they're like, okay, she could be a data analyst and also be a photographer and a content oh creator and, a, and, a, and edit videos <laughs> and Premiere Pro on a gaming laptop that I know nothing about how to use. It was like alien software or something, oh alienware. Alien. I was like, I can't do any of the alienware. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I've, I, I, I understand that what that pressure can be like to an extent, but you obviously feels like I, th I think you've, you've been through a lot more of a severe amount of pressure with everything else you had going on. So well, definitely I not going to lessen that impact. But no, no, and you're not. You're not. I think the the thing because it all happened at once, we kind of had to figure it all out all at once, or we we thought mm -hmm. we did, but it ended up just happening in pieces. Right? Like um, we knew the first thing we had to tackle was relationship with my daughter because I was just like angry all the time. I didn't want to be at home, all that stuff. So we started to work through that and that's a long process and that's not resolved, but it's so much better. You know, that's just a, a process. And then the work thing, the work thing was, you know, it, it's hard because I get on myself for working so hard. I mean, you're the same, right? We work mm -hmm. so hard. I mean, you're pumping out episodes almost every day, which is <laughs> insane to me. I, that is just sounds like a, just so stressful to me. I'm, because... It's the time of my life right now, like the the, the time okay. period. I have availability to do this type of stuff, but it's not always going to be like that. Since I've <laughs> like it. paused modeling and left New York, it's been like I've have I've had more time to actually do this type of stuff. So that's that yeah, I will okay. say is really a big reason. That's that's mainly it. <laughs> so yeah, I think the, the hard part is like I try my constant the thing I'm constantly trying to do is to do less, right? It, it just trying mm -hmm. to do less, but I'm, I'm a freaking golden retriever. Everything I see, I just want to do it, you know? And so, <laughs> and so, um, yeah. I'm constantly trying to do less, but it's exactly all of these things that I did on the side that got me to my job that I have today. So it's like, okay, I want to do less, but I still want to do enough to mm -hmm. provide myself with the opportunity to 
you know, do things I love and have a better life and, and things like that. So it's a weird balance for sure. It is. Um, and that's just, yeah, that's something that like, I don't know if anyone really figures out how to do, to be honest. Like, I mean, you hear so much about the term, like burning the candle at both ends or burnout or overexhaustion or like all these things. And I think it's that we, I think it's a few different things. Like one is that, you know, we have so social media kind of acts as a way for us to be able to share like highlights of really exciting things that are happening. And at least that's how I use it. And that's mainly because I'm not really comfortable being totally transparent on social media and vulnerable and, and like crying. And I, I just, I don't process my life that way. And I don't feel like I'm doing anyone justice by doing that. So that's just something I choose not to do. But I think because of that, it in turn, and a lot of people who maybe choose the same way, is kind of creating this like vortex of a platform where there are these set expectations of the eyes of, you know, every, like all of us, like we're all following accounts and we're seeing accounts where they're sharing highlights, but we're not seeing obviously a hundred percent of what's going on in their life. And I don't think we ever should feel obligated to share a hundred percent of what's going on in our life. That's our decision to make at the end of the day of whether we want to, you know, again, be like voice certain things, be transparent about certain things, be vulnerable, share every single thing that's happening. But we have to take with a grain of salt that like the, I think the whole purpose of the platform was to be able to share these kinds of things and network and connect and create new ideas to then create a better world, to innovate things, to create like new types of technologies and organizations and nonprofits and things that can start to move humanity forward in a more positive way. And I know that might sound like a very optimistic, possibly just, I don't know, a, a uh, yeah, just, just like a, a euphoric sort of viewpoint of it. But, but I think that like, if we did approach it that way, it might be a little bit different because what has happened instead is the comparison trap and the negativity that comes from seeing whatever it is, you know, I mean, I, I especially the younger generations with growing up in this era are sort of seeing that. So it's like causing some, some discomfort. Um, I, I, lo I, I just went on a tangent and I don't remember what I was going to say about it, but. <laughs> no, 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 I, no, it's actually really profound. Like it's this weird catch 22 where, you know, you only post the highlights because that's mm -hmm. all you're comfortable posting. And I do the same thing. Heck, I, I barely post anymore just because of everything that's going on. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. but, but then everyone who listens or watches, they only get the highlights. They assume you only have highlights and then they don't, you know, they're not prepared when these low lights come into their own life. Yeah. And, and they're like, but this didn't happen to Athena or this didn't happen to, you know, I don't know, all these influencers or whatever. And I'm, I'm not saying you're the problem. I, I think that it's actually a good thing because if social media gave us everything we needed, the highs and the lows, and there would not be a reason to go into the real world and do these things that you were saying, you know, start nonprofits, make a difference, um, find a affordable way to desalinate water, um, you know, fund carbon eating algae, you know, do, there would not be any reason to go out and do these things. So it is this weird balancing act where you have to, you know, go on social media, understand that content creators and influencers try to loop you in with, you know, super hooky content in the first five seconds. So you can watch 
their 30 second reel so that you can get them more views so that they can get more followers so that they can you know get brand deals and then not have to work like that that's the game right that mm -hmm. all these influencers on social media but in reality they're not going to show you the bad because people oftentimes don't want to see the bad and um it's our responsibility to make sure that we get out into the world and experience life so that we see social media for what it is which is a highlight real not the whole package so i think you're totally right yeah wow you touched on so many different things that i just was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa. <laughs> i was like i felt like so many different moments where i was like oh my god he's right about that and i know i'm not taking supposed to take this personally but i'm totally thinking that this is this is pretty accurate uh a few things you mentioned very very accurate is is sort of like the the trickle down effect of sort of like you know hooky content hooky intro to a reel to gain views to you know it's it's all a it's 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 all a program it's all you know a a like function a flow chart of thing that we utilize to tool um but i think that a valid component that maybe that was left out of sort of that system you mentioned that kind of ended on brand collaborations so that they don't have to work i think that one step further is just sort of like the overall like arching purpose of why I do this in the first place. Um, and like kind of going to sort of like, what, like what was your purpose for starting space, but messier? Cause I'd be kind of curious to sort of, I guess, explore as like both of us are, are doing science communication and both of us are, are, are doing content creation and, and, you know, different kinds of ways and stuff. And, um, I would be so curious to sort of hear, like, what was a big inspiration for you to, to start that and to launch that? Cause if we lose a sense of that, when we look at different content creators or, you know, influencers, whatever term we really want to use, then we end up losing sort of the, yeah, just the essence and the purpose behind that human who made these things. And we look at it as purely a transactional thing when it isn't necessarily always that. Because if that were the case, I think we wouldn't really see um, – yeah, we wouldn't, we wouldn't see stuff being made um, for free or we wouldn't see I – mean, I bet we'd have a lot of people just sort of take, take their accounts down when they're feeling like – you know, depressed or upset. And, and, and there had been times where I was like, hmm, like, I sort of just really want to like, you know, go dark for a while and like sort of see just for myself personally. But then I'm like, ah, oh, but you know, we spend so much time building up this, this brand or whatever it is that we have for an, another purpose to take it somewhere else, because it's right. not just about kind of getting the you know, the, the, at least to me, the end product isn't sort of like, I think where you left off, which was about the, the brand collaborations. I think it's a, a much bigger, a much bigger thing for a lot of people. So what would be that thing for you and what kind of started you to create space, but messier? No, I'm, I, first of all, I'm glad you, you brought this up. That was a horrible place to land. Um, and I do <laughs> want to clarify, I do want to clarify, um, yeah. when I say, you know, get brand deals, they don't have to work. Now there, there is a influencer economy that annoys me you know there's there's five percent that i'm going to touch on right after this i promise that is the okay. good stuff but because i work in in marketing i i just see a lot of the i just want to get followers i just want to get people to pay me a bunch of money so that they don't have to work i see that and it's really discouraging now for me and i know for you as well it's more of 
I want to partner with brands that I believe in, that believe in me. And eventually maybe there is a, and tell me if I'm wrong, um, there's a possibility that I could make enough of an income doing this to where I don't have to work a separate full-time job so where I can put all of my energy into this. Um, and that's mostly what I mean by don't want to work because right now I work eight hours a day for some other company, uh, you know, mm -hmm. on top of everything and they get all my good hours and then all my exhausted hours go to space communication. And mm -hmm. so, um, that's mostly, does that, does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, I will uh, answer your question. I'm just curious. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It does make sense. And you, you were going to continue on another thought, right? Because I don't want to come in with another thing, but I'm writing sure, sure, it sure. down so I don't forget. Um, I'll just go go back. Yeah. The reason why I started all of this was, so if we rewind a little bit back to, we were engaged, I got accepted into a bachelor's program and then we got married um, and I decided not to go to school. I was talking to my wife and I said, Hey, I really... I'm loving being married. This is very fun. We have like sleepovers every night, right? It's super fun to be married to your best friend. And um, I was just, I had to be honest with her. Though. I was like, I got this rush of purpose and inspiration. And then it just stopped. Like, what am I supposed to do with myself if I'm not in school? And I'm just working like, I'm waiting tables till 2 a.m. You know, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And so she was like, well, maybe you just start a blog. And just like research stuff and learn stuff. I was like, yeah, that sounds fine. You know, the place that I worked, um, I was, I knew how to build a basic website and I was like, you know what, I'll just do that. And so, um, I started cataloging all the messier objects. So I basically, all the messier objects are cataloged, but there, I didn't really find a really kind of cool, um, database that had all their information. So I thought, well, why don't I make a one blog post for every single one? And I started doing that. I started just cataloging, learning about all the messier objects. And for those that don't know, it's um, messier objects are a catalog of observations that were made by Charles Messier. And um, I guess they're called the Messier objects, but I call them messier mm -hmm. now because of all the, the things. But anyway, so I started doing that. And then oh, I, I, if you want to, try, I, re I remember listening to a video once at uh, the, if we want to try it just for fun to the French pronunciation, Messier. And there's oh, like a little, yeah, I know. I remember being in in France and like talking to people and the the like literally saying like if you want to try to pronounce the R correctly you have to get a little phlegm involved and I was like oh ich. yeah it's like messier so it's like um other yeah. other words too but yeah <laughs> I took Italian I was just the worst at French <laughs> oh yeah I've never taken at French it's I've been a, a Spanish speaker what nice. was fluently now not so fluently and. Yeah. Anyway, the time okay. you need it knows most when you're bordered against Mexico and you can't, you don't speak it as much. Yeah. Right. Well, the time I need it most is when I learned it, when I lived in Mexico, I was like, I have no choice. I have to learn this as I literally am going to end up like in the middle of nowhere if I don't learn this language. So <laughs> that's, that's what, but even though I started learning it in, in elementary school, uh, but just did it, it didn't stick with me, Got but it. anyway, back to anyway, what I will, Yeah. I'll, no, I'll finish. Um, so I started doing blog posts and then I started posting um, the astronomy picture of the day on Instagram Yeah, and stuff like that. And like, that was, it wasn't always a, a pod. It was like, sometimes it was just other really cool images that I found, but that kind of garnered a lot of interest. And I was like, oh, well, you know, people are seeing it, but I really, I really prefer to do like the blog article stuff. Like it just images, like, what is that? I mean, people are just going to look at images and be in, 
yeah, what good does that do? And I just didn't really understand it at the time. And so I definitely was fulfilling my own purpose of wanting to stay caught up in space. I was learning a lot, which was really, really fun. But I felt like on the Instagram, everything I was putting out was, it was, uh, the only comments I got were like, ooh, so pretty. Mm-hmm. And to me, well, that's obviously we want to reach everyone, of course. I, I just thought, you know, I'm, I'm learning a lot about what it means to publish things and be consistent and educate. And, and you know, I think it's it's time for me to, because before this, I really didn't feel like I had any authority to teach anyone. But after I got through all those messier objects, I was kind of like, well, I really you know, I just, I don't really know the moment. I can't tell you the moment it happened, but it was kind of this flip where it was like, okay, now I feel somewhat qualified. I want people that felt like I did, you know, that they were too stupid for lack of better terms to study space. Um, I want them to understand that space isn't really that hard, like hard to master, but not hard to get into. And so I use that terminology it's too stupid to study space, not because it's true, but because it's the words that I would have used back then to describe how I felt, you know? Mm, yeah. And so um, people just, you know, some, for some people it's undiagnosed ADHD. For some people it's, you know, for that lack of focus. For some people it's exposure. They've just never seen it or heard of it. For some people, they just think that everyone at NASA are like superhuman robots and they'll never attain that level of brilliance. And that's really just not the case. They're all really smart people, but that's because they worked hard, you know? And so there's just so many factors that keep people from studying space and and science. And they just end up in these jobs they don't care about, kind of unhappy. And this isn't everyone, but this is where I would have left up, you know, ended up. Um, And so I just, I don't know. I just want people to understand that they can, you know? Have you ever thought about starting a foundation? Um, I don't know what that would accomplish. No, I'm, I'm listening. Like, I don't like, tell me about what that would do or what a foundation really is. Um, my understanding of what a foundation would be. And I, I, I mean, I think it's something you probably would be better. Like, I don't know, maybe looking more into or finding someone who might've done it. Cause I've never made one, but, uh, I guess the reason that just came to my mind was sort of like, well, what's a way that you can like directly affect, you know, like what you well, basically what you said is, is like, you know, to, to help or talk to people who like maybe feel like they might end up being led astray from what they feel they're calling or purposes or what they're really passionate about or interested in um, because of these other fears. Like you mentioned, like undiagnosed ADHD or, or stress or unable to focus or assumptions that everybody is much smarter than them or, you know, because I also felt like this as a child. And so I, I think that like, like, well, if we were a kid again, like what would have been really helpful for us? Like what I think about is like when I was pulled out of class because I needed to learn separately than the rest of the class. And I don't, right. I don't really share this often, but like I had to do like separate after school programs. I got an extra two hours on the citywide exams and stuff like that. Um, wow. And I don't exactly know why. I don't think it was necessarily scores. It just was like, I was just so excited about so many things that I guess I just was like distracted easily. Not that I know of, I don't know of any like diagnoses that I have or anything like that. And I, I don't truly feel like it was something that would have 
helped me or would have been any uh, of any purpose to me to have known for a young, as a young child because I probably would have been put on some drugs. And I'm really glad that I, I didn't end up going down that path um, because instead I, I really took a lot of like mental just strength and training and boot camps and really, really difficult things just to try to get myself to be like, hey, I actually could really focus like really well and I have to just sort of work on this. And I do catch myself still getting like that sometimes, but reverting back to being a child is like, well, you know, imagine if there was, um, you know, a foundation that could work with schools that like provided mentors, like a, a select amount of teachers that like would actually be able to, you know, start to introduce what you're saying to kids at a young age of like, um, you know, like small things about space, like small little kind of samplings of like what it is that they could explore through like workshops. And then if specifically, if there are children who are like, I'm not doing well in math or I'm not doing well in these things, but they express interest, they can fill out like a survey or something like that and say like, I really think that what I learned about today is cool. Um, and I'd really like to maybe pursue it. Is your math good? Maybe not. Maybe it is. I mean, this is just literally my own yeah, just consciousness right now, like a stream of consciousness. So it's really scattered thoughts. But if that were to be bundled into a type of organization, that's what I think of when I say foundation, where it's like it's able to assist kids. And I think foundations are usually like grants or scholarships or something like that. So it, it'll provide some kind of financial assistance. But like, what if it wasn't financial assistance, but it was emotional assistance or like, you know, uh, um, like a academic assistance more so like imagine if a lot of students actually had access to tutors um that would make such a big difference i think too for just school-wise and grades but also just sort of that that focusing kind of on that word you mentioned of like you know or that phrase of feeling stupid like that's such a i i really try to avoid that word first of all like at all costs because it just like Absolutely. makes me feel like emotionally just uh, uncomfortable i mean that's but I recognize that, but it's also a common word. Um, so the way I think about what the foundation might look like would be like with everything that you know and everything you've learned and everything you just shared on this podcast, like imagine if that were somehow tied into some kind of like innovation or some kind of product or service that you could provide to people. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go a little bit further to tie into the thing that I wrote down for note-taking this is why I don't think it's ever, it should ever be shamed upon for people to want to just make money. Um, because the whole purpose of why I like really started to grow, I was like, I got suggested to make a blog as well. Like, like you were uh, suggested by, by your wife to say, why don't you start a blog? I had a very similar suggestion to me when I, I first started this. I, I had a modeling manager who became kind of like a social media, like a manager for all my other stuff. And um, we, we stopped working together. But the whole point was because I was like, well, if I can start to make a brand and if I can start to actually work where like I can partner with companies that will are willing to, you know, provide financial exchange for content creation or marketing, because I look at it when you pay an influencer for things, that's their marketing budget. Instead of paying right. for a TV ad or a newspaper ad, you're paying for a social media ad on an influencer's page. And um, or creators page. Uh, and, and that being said is like, rather than that money just sort of being to like, you know, pay bills and, you know, feed the family or whatever it is, it's like that money could be used to be invested into something much bigger. And that's what my purpose is. That's why I created all this was because I'm like, well, any time that I get to actually make some kind of money, it's like going towards something much larger that like, I've 
had in the books I have never even talked about for a very for the very very get go. And so when I mentioned the foundation for you is like that just I think would be such a wonderful thing that like if you at all have a passion for or interest in or even like that's something that you'd even want to do that that's something that I just thought about that could be like really valuable to I'm going to quote your your bio real quick but to like motivate and inspire future generations to really dive into their passions and pursue schooling and careers that give them purpose um I, I will say um I, I just this is the last time I'll say it that I want to commend you on that because you're part of that kind of you're part of that percentage of influencers that you know they really have a reason and if people just want to make money to make money sure but i think for me i'm i'm jaded because i'm on the production end of it but i'm also on the receiving end to where we look at some ads and you're like i don't know i i think i just have a strained relationship with marketing at this point, but mm -hmm. it, it's refreshing to hear when people have a relationship with money and partnership and branding that's healthy and productive. And so I just, that, that's all I want to say. So, um, about well, that. But are, are you, are we sure that like a lot of the influencers you come across just don't bother mentioning that they're, that they want to like, I mean, maybe, yeah, that they're not willing to work for free. It, it might be because of, you know, them actually calculating what they're, what they see is like what their time is worth for like an hour or eight hours, whatever it is. Um, and I think there's a lot of value in, in doing that. And then to kind of put your foot down with, with brands because you're like, well, you know, my time is, is worth money or maybe it's not kind of depending on what it is. Um, and I, I've certainly, uh, I just had a call this morning with something that the, uh, the funding for it fell through, but it's a brand I've worked with for a very long time. And so I, I negotiated to work out something with them because I was like, well, Hey, I mean, we have similar audience, we have similar um, missions. And so like, let's figure something out where, you know, it's, it's mutually beneficial. And I know I won't be making money from it. And the thing is that that comes with really great risk, because a lot of times, like from not having a consistent job, a lot of these different creators will sometimes enter like a net zero or a net negative even. So they're making like, you know, they're not making money, they're spending more money on equipment or whatever it is. Um, and it's a risk. I mean, sometimes it's, it's, it's not something that you can do, I would say as, you know, a parental figure, for instance. So like, I know for you, it's, it, it's really responsible. And I love that you are working for this, this other company, because even though you're saying that you'll spend eight hours working for them, that's something that like, you know, you're not just doing for you, you're also doing for like your family and you're also doing for also yourself. Cause you're learning, I'm sure probably more skills and more connections through this. Um, so I think everything sort of has like a, a really good, good value. But um, as far as just the, the money thing goes with, with other influences, I'm sure there are people out there who are just like, I just want to make a bunch of money because I'm lazy or whatever it is. And can you really blame them? I mean, it's because money is this thing that's just been made by people anyway. And it's become this socio thing, this society, this, uh, society thing. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry to, to, to ramble no. here, but... No, I'm um, kind of glad you're rambling and going on these tangents because I think I do have a lot to learn in this area. Like you make you make a really good point about like who am I to judge what people are going to do with their money? And I know you weren't being like on the offense at all, but I still learned while you were talking. It was just kind of like I have this desire for 
everyone to have a heartfelt, real reason, selfless reason to be an influencer. And that's just not the case, right? And if people want to mm -hmm. make a ton of money, they, they absolutely can. Now, I'm spoiled because the influencers that I follow, like you and some other people, I know exactly what they want to do with money. Like there's this girl on TikTok, this woman on TikTok who, you know, says she goes on, she makes posts and she says, hey, um, I just want you guys to know I'm doing some ads coming up. They're paying me this much. I'd like to put this money towards X, Y, and Z. You know, if you would interact with these ads, that would mean a lot to me because that is you supporting, you know, these causes or whatever. And I, and I really appreciate that. But I mm -hmm. think that the thing that discourages me about it is not, not necessarily, yeah, yes, yeah, sure. I've come across some influencers that really put a bad taste in my mouth, of course. That's kind of where it all started. But I think the part that's hard for me is I'm actively trying to, to you know, motivate kids to, if they like science, go into science, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm, I have really close friends who have kids and they're like anywhere. I think, you know, one of, one of these families, uh, um, that I know their, their 10 year old wants to grow up to be an influencer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. And I had a feeling she, you were leading towards that. Yeah. I've heard yeah, it too. And I don't, I don't need to harp too much on it. I think there are some cool things about that. Like some kids want to grow up to be streamers and like game streamers. And Hey, if you love playing video games, find a way to be happy. But I think I'm just afraid of where it's leading. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You have such a valid point about that. The first time I think I heard about this is when I've, the first time I ever really like kind of taught kids uh, that were really young, it was a sixth grade class. And I had asked them what they all were interested in doing one day, possibly when they start to grow up a little bit more. Um, and a lot of them were saying YouTubers, YouTubers and streamers, um, Twitch as well. And I, I wasn't sure how to respond to it because I felt two different ways, you know, I felt what you're kind of saying where it's like, like there's a slightly negative kind of feeling of like, mm, is that really the kind of future that we want? But at the same time, I was like, well, I do that. Um, right. And I have a, you know, another kind of mission behind me at the same time. But also it's like, I think that I, I try to remind myself of this a lot. I don't know enough of like what the future holds or really what's going on to, I guess, like sort of be the art uh, of that. Yeah. Or like be a little bit, um, like I, for sure judgment, judgment is good. I think that judgment is helpful. Critical judgment is that's what, that's what science is based on. Right. It's like, we have to be able to judge experiments and, and figure out the outcomes. Absolutely. And I think similarly, that's when it comes to judging others, um, it can be useful sometimes. It can be very detrimental sometimes because um, it can be incorrect. And that's sort of the issue. Uh, we can't always base things off of our sort of human intuition or emotion because it can end up being incorrect. But I think that so, – so with that being said, I try to imagine like, okay, so I don't know what the future holds. And maybe by their generation, this is going to be a whole industry that actually shifts the education system to its core and its roots – and it actually shifts our way of learning and we can finally start to learn how we should be really learning about science and all these other things is rather it being sort of fragmented to a classroom, it can be a little bit more like not really interwoven maybe to an extent, but um, cause I still think there's value in having like learning about history and learning about science, but having those also merged together could be, a really beautiful and useful thing. I mean, that's how you got really interested in space was because of the history of space missions. Yeah. Um, 
So I don't know, but let's, let's get back <laughs> to like asking you questions instead of me, me going off of my own tangents. But no, I, I, I do love, think I love it's, this conversation. I will uh, me say, too. I'm loving having this conversation. I yeah. would say I love the idea of a foundation just to wrap that up, one up to that idea up to, um, I did start working with a nonprofit, um, I think a year, almost a year ago now, maybe mm-hmm. less than a year. Um, that's called not normal N A U T not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, our goal is to provide space flight and astronaut training to children, to, uh, elementary to high schoolers. Um, so that you don't have to start when you're an adult with your pilot's license and you're, you know, a registered citizen and you're 30 years old, you know, um, and to kind of almost create a, um, a pipeline for these private companies of kids that are starting to learn about space flight and training and, and all this kind of stuff or earlier on. Um, and it's a nonprofit. And so maybe, maybe there's something that could be tied in there. Um, yeah. Oh, that's super cool. That would be, yeah. yeah. I just looked up their, their website. Um, this is yeah, awesome, new. by the way. Yeah, very, I very love new. their. I used to use this exact font. I might still use this exact. No, I since I went to GoDaddy, I switched. I think you used to in your emails, maybe. I did. I, I used to have this on my website, I think, which is a great font. And uh, it was when font. I used WordPress, and then I decided to just scratch it because it was too difficult for me because I don't know anything about. I don't know WordPress either. Coding a website, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so difficult. <laughs> Uh, but this is so cool. Yeah, because that, that's a really big um, obstacle for a lot of people who want to become an astronaut. You know, it's like you really like the a traditional route was, yeah, go, go into the Air Force, learn, get like X amount of, of hours of, of piloting different types of space uh, uh, aircraft. Um, which and, is great. Like which is it. great, yeah, for sure. I mean, super cool. But imagine learning that much younger. Uh, that's so cool. So, yeah, um, I mean, my, my kind of one of the things that I've wanted to do for a while, you know, I didn't grow up on Star Trek. Um, I was not exposed to Star Trek until I was 21. And so that's great. <laughs> it's, yeah, and I love it. I started from the very beginning and I'm still going through them all, which is fantastic. I have to say the first seasons, like the OG, like young Kirk, um, mm-hmm. those those were kind of hard to get through. But the they were good. They were good. But just obviously when I have all this new stuff coming out, I'm like wanting to watch that. But uh, you know, to me, it was like, I was paying off student loans, I was trying to teach people online about space, and I was watching Star Trek. And I was like, dude, there needs to be a Starfleet Academy. Why is there no Starfleet Academy? And so when this nonprofit reached out to me, and they're like, hey, we're looking for somebody um, we're looking for, you know, somebody to join, I think you might be a good fit just for their board of directors, because it's a nonprofit. Um, I don't do much of the day to day, I mostly advise um, for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically said it's like a, they said what it was. And I was like, so like a Starfleet Academy. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, I'm in say no more. <laughs> so we'll see. That's maybe, so maybe cool. cool. Like that. But anyway, yeah, I hope anyways. so. That's so uh, awesome. I'll tell you more about it. Uh, we just filed, we just got our 501c3 designation. So we're now officially a nonprofit. We haven't really been able to say much, but I'll definitely keep you updated um, as that continues yeah. to grow. Yeah, please do. That's so cool. And I'll also share the link in the caption for this episode after we totally. publish it. Um, I want to jump to the Analog Astronaut Program. I don't want to forget about that. So uh, yeah. I'm also, gonna... I have time. I have, I have You time. do? Okay. No, no, no rush here. Okay. Awesome. Um, 
Oh, I wanted to also ask you if um, you are open to take questions from the audience in case anyone wants to call in. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. So everyone, if you guys have questions, you could either type it in the chat um, and I can just read it out loud or if you guys oh, do want to call in. I haven't been reading the in. chat. I totally forgot. Uh, oh, good. That's okay. Has it been? Yeah. Um, so if you guys wanted to, uh, I'll open it up the room after we talk about this kind of last-ish possibly question. Um which has like a ton of questions in the questions. So, um, we're going to go talk for to another me. hour. It's, you know, <laughs> you I, okay. I might not be able to, I was okay, going okay. to, I was going to take a four o'clock meeting. I already pushed. I was like, Hey, I was like, I, I knew this would go a little bit over. Like, let's, let's push a little bit later. Anyway. And I was like, I want to talk to Tony for like as long as possible. So, um, but yeah, but I actually, if it does go for another hour, I'm happy with that as well. Um, or we could always bring you on a second time to continue oh, gosh, the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this analog astronaut program, um, I really want you to sort of tell me about it. But I guess the first question will be, what is an analog astronaut mission? Yeah. So analog astronaut is really cool. Something, um, you know, Athena asked me if there was anything that I wanted to to mention on the show. And I was really like, no, let's just have a conversation. But there's one cool thing that I I want to share because it is really cool. Excuse me. Um. Basically, being an analog astronaut means that you do everything that an astronaut would do to test out technologies, experiments, and living conditions, except you do it on Earth in a habitat that is a simulated habitat on Mars or the moon. So um, specifically, because I go to American Public University or APUS, um, American Public University System, uh, we have a chapter in, oh gosh, I'm like, I can't believe I'm butchering this, um, American Institute of Aeronautics and uh, Astronomy, or, or AIAA, and I'm, I should not be butchering that. But I'll look it up, I'll look it up, don't basically worry, I got that, you. Okay, what that allows us to do is um, send four students on an analog astronaut mission um, to live in a simulated um, lunar habitat or Mars habitat, which is basically just a inflatable habitat on a college campus. And we live there and we do missions and test technologies before they're used in space. So there are astronauts that have been analog astronauts, but we are not necessarily trying to be astronauts. Uh, we're not training to be astronauts. We are testing things that the astronauts will be doing to make sure that they're safe and to see if they'll work and things like that. Got it. Okay. And I also looked up the American Public University, uh, the ARG, the Analog Research Group. What was yes. the other acronym you were looking for? Is that, is that it? It's the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics, AIA. Okay. And so okay, it's kind cool. of a, it's a, um, like a society that has clubs and chapters in different universities and things like that. And so you could be part of AIAA. Anyway, but it's our partnership That's with them so that allows cool. us to do this. Yeah, so the University of North Dakota has an inflatable lunar habitat on their campus. And so we wow. go up there once a year and, and do that. And so this year, I am helping with communications and social media because I volunteered because I like doing communications and social media. And they had mm -hmm. a bit of a job posting to where um, basically our team is in the habitat right now. They're actually in a blackout right now where we're testing um, – their processes and our processes here on mission control as if they had a communications blackout for 24 hours. So 
They cannot Whoa. talk to us. We cannot talk to them. Um, only if there is a dire medical emergency can they reach out for help. Um, but we are not we are not communicating with them. But basically, it's a two week mission, and um, yeah, they're doing some really cool stuff. So um, one of them is heading up an experiment to develop EVA like contingency and rescue protocols. So um, EVA is an extra vehicular activity. It's basically like a spacewalk. Mm -hmm. um, I know you know this, but for everybody listening. Um, and yeah. so they're, they're testing different like sleds or toboggans to, to bury, you know, unconscious astronauts on if they get knocked out. So they're testing all those things and literally testing things like, how can I drag this thing in my spacesuit? Is this even feasible? Um, so that these aren't the kind of things that the astronauts have to worry about on the moon where it's like, oh my gosh, why didn't somebody think of this? I have to bend over and pick this guy up. I can't do it in my suit kind of deal. So <laughs> yeah, uh, they're doing a lot of that stuff. Um, what a funny thing. I, yeah, I, I never even really thought about that either. It's just like, yeah, how do you even like bend over in like EVA suits, for instance? Yeah. I mean, you assume that like NASA just, uh, it's part of their R and D, right? You assume they just create the spacesuit and they have somebody internally test it, and then they do all that. But NASA um, contracts a lot of their experiments out to these analog groups. Um, there's one I can't talk about, but it has to do with plants that NASA is having this team um, do. So they're testing something with uh, growing plants in a simulated regolith, which is really cool. Oh, uh, a regolith to, like the moon, moon dust. Yeah, to, to see like what can grow on the moon and, and Mars. Um, that's so cool. So that's really cool. <sighs> and then one I know that you'd be interested in as well is a psychological study um, where mm. – Basically, somebody is um, seeing whether scheduled meditation throughout the day with the team specifically um, can show an indicator of reduction of stress. Because Oh, my God. Of course it's going to. I feel like yeah. the results are going to be awesome, except so, for probably the people who are like, I can't sit still. I'm, I've yeah, definitely met I, a lot of people who are like, I don't like meditating because I can't. You know, when, if 14 days, I think the problem with those type of people, which is what I am, is that we can't do it for 14 days straight. And so I think that mm -hmm. these astronauts being forced to do it for 14 days straight, I think those people will probably appreciate it the most where after the two weeks, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I need to do this every day, you know? Yeah. Or just step away from it for good and be like, I can't do this anymore. Okay, I did it. I'm done. <laughs> Could you check the link I just sent in the chat? Because um, I think that's the habitat I found. It's on the blog of UND, University of North Dakota. Um, if you scroll down in the blog a little bit, there's a picture of the inflatable lunar Mars habitat. Have you been to it? I have not been to it. Yes, that is it. Um, ah, that's so cool. It's called ILMA. I'm probably going to go next year. Um, yeah. I've never been an analog astronaut. I've only been on the mission control side, but they do offer us um, to how to have us there. Obviously, we have to pay for our way out, um, but they do offer to have us out there to like train with the analog astronauts for two days while they get ready to go into the habitat. Um, mm -hmm. But I haven't been able to go, but uh, probably next year. But yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, that's yeah, so really cool. cool mission. So I think that the cool part about that that I just wanted to share is that this happens a lot, like a, a lot of universities, not, not, not an extreme amount, but um, you can look for these programs and you can volunteer. And I'm just volunteering, you know, 20 minutes a night during the mission to take their daily mission logs and convert it into a blog post and post it on their blog. And that's like, that's all I do for it. You know, it's very, I'm just a volunteer. And so- Wait, you didn't post to... this blog, did you? <laughs> the uh, one I, I shared? No, I did not. I'm posting on- the actual APUS 
website. Ah, okay. I can give you a link to that, but, um, yeah, please do. Yeah. It was basically like a, uh, they, you know, they put up a flyer and said, we're looking for a social media communicator. And for me, I was like, wow, I, I want to do this, maybe this realm of work and taking technical data and trans translating it into blog is not a current skill that I have. And so I thought it was a really good way to, to kind of add that skill to my um, repertoire. Yeah, I've tried doing that and I'll just do bullet points. Um, anytime yeah. I had a blog post that was on my previous website, it was all bullet points. It was just like random fragmented sentences because I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm the best writer. And I would just sort of put all these random things together that all sort of painted a, a general picture. They weren't random. They were all about whatever the topic was. Um, and that was just my best way of sort of processing all the information is through bullet points. I still do this when I like write things down. Um, before doing an episode here, uh, if I'll like read an, like a few different articles and I'll sort of like grab pieces here and there that I want to share, um, I'll just sort of throw it all in a notes folder and just do a bunch of bullet points. And then I'll eventually section Absolutely. them off as like things about the, you know, the plants of space, things about the, you know, microbes of space or whatever it was. And then just, right. that's the best I've done. So kudos to you for learning well, how to put it in a vlog, <laughs> a I nicely wanted, written vlog. I, I wanted to learn how to do that, but I am not getting the opportunity because they're doing it all for me. They were like, Hey, instead of giving you a mission log, we're just going to like put it in paragraph form. I was like, uh, okay. So I have to make like very minor edits. <laughs> so I hear you. I, I mean, I, I don't have the skill yet, but I, my resume thinks I have the skill, but I don't have the skill. But if anybody, <laughs> if anybody wants to like catch up on um, analog astronauts and is interested, you can follow that Twitter. It's at APUS underscore analog. Um, and we're just going to be okay. posting a lot of the blog posts, but we did, we're doing a live, we did a couple live EVAs where they would actually go out onto the grass or the lunar surface and like do their EVA and they do them live on a zoom call and you can join in and it's actually really cool. So, um, yeah, if anyone's interested that there's that for you. Awesome. Yeah. I, I saw the link you shared in the, in my, in our email, um, but it didn't open up to, so the, I think there was just a, maybe a typo with one of the letters, but this oh, one opened up and I, I found it it's so funny. I, I look up what you just said, which was, um, at APUS underscore analog on Google. And it actually, the first thing it recommends is, is your account, Tony DiBernardo, um, <laughs> which is so cool. Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Um, and, which I don't know why I wasn't following you before. That's, that's so crazy. Oh, it's because I, um, it's probably because I retweet like everything that they put up. That's probably why. Ah, uh, that's for sure it. Yeah, here we go. First tweet that is here is um, a, a from APUS Analog Research Group. Let me share this with you guys in the chat so you all have it if you want to check that out. And I love that there is volunteer options because that's something I, I my ears always like just ring whenever uh, like you or a guest will mention things that people can get involved in because one of my favorite things to do is to uh, – try to compile a list of all the different ways that people who are interested in space could get involved in different things. So whether it's volunteering or it's, you know, to work somewhere or whatever it is, um, because that's so, so important to like, that's, that's how I decided uh, whether or not I wanted to try to go into any kind of like, yeah, communications of science was by volunteering first at a museum and seeing if I could even talk in front of people about space stuff. And, um, and, and that's when I, so I just experimented with myself. And this is a really good way. It's just to kind of get involved in these things. Um, so that's awesome that they have uh, volunteer opportunities. So thank you for sharing that. 
Yeah, you're welcome. I will say one thing uh, that I just kind of want to add. Um, when you say like getting involved and feeling like you're doing things, something that I like to recommend to people, I actually don't know if they're still doing this experiment. I'd be really surprised. Um, but when I was younger, um, and I just heard, this was 10 years ago when I like heard about space for the first time, I wanted to help, but I didn't know how to do anything, right? I wasn't an engineer. I didn't know anything about space. There was something that I came across and it's called, it is called the Berkeley, yeah, Berkeley Open Infrastructure for Network Computing. It's called Boink. You can just literally type in B-O-I-N-C. And um, I don't, I don't want to necessarily mm. recommend it today because I don't know what experiments they're doing. But basically what it allows you to do is um, you install this program on your computer and it uses your computing power in the background to um, process data from like the deep space network and other experiments that may be going on. And so when I was first doing all this, there was a dark energy sky survey in 2000 and when was this? 2017 or 2016. Mm -hmm. And I just let it run on my computer when I wasn't using it as so a screensaver. And I felt like I was contributing to science, even though I wasn't uh, qualified to contribute to science yet, you know, so uh, you don't necessarily have to look up boink and do that. But there are cool things that you can do if you know, you don't feel like you can do much or if you don't have time or this, that and the other. Yeah, that's so cool. I'm I'm on it right now. Um, on the site. It's been a couple of years, but yeah, if, there might be some cool. I'll have to Thirty look up what science doing. projects. Yeah, here I'm going to share this link um, in the chat anyway because you could probably just look up what their science projects are. They say they have thirty going on currently. Um, it says they investigate diseases, study climate change, discover pulsars, and do many other types of scientific research. So there might be a link here that sort of yeah. Here we go. Download Boink and choose specific projects. So if you were to actually do it, oh, then I, you can choose one. projects. Still have the one. Okay, so the one. The that one I that you doing, did. Yeah, is the Einstein at Home um, Max Planck Institute for Gravitational Physics. Uh, it's the astrophysics one that they have. Wow, I got to reinstall this. That um, is okay, so cool. cool. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, here we go. Here's the link. Let me share this. Um, I went into science. Uh, Scienceunited.org. Uh, and it shows computing, it shows Rosetta, LHC, R RNA World, Rake wow, Search. So cool. So you wow, can choose one of these. This is cool. They, uh, wow. Look at that. Just learning all the different tips from Tony today. I love <laughs> all the different <laughs> ways to get involved in stuff. Um, oh, they have something called Athena, like Athena, but it's with oh an I. That's you, pretty cool. You, say, you watched, I, we probably went over this. You've seen Battlestar Galactica. Um, I think so. Wait. <laughs> Oh my god! The um, new, the, um, let's see. Oh no! Okay, I have this. This this was a season, right? This is like several seasons. Um, yeah, yeah. I've seen scattered episodes um, of them, but also, aren't there like remakes and stuff today of Battlestar Galactica? Uh, so the remake is is the show that I'm referring to. Like the, I think so. It came out, I think, in like the 80s. Battlestar Galactica. Mm -hmm. And then in 2004, it launched a new season. I think it's, is it only four seasons? I think it's four seasons in, in 2004. And it is, it's the best TV you'll watch, but there's a character. It's the best sci-fi like on TV. I mm -hmm. think Lost in Space on Netflix is a really close second for me. Um, but Battlestar Galactica is just a classic and it's so good, but there's a character named Athena. And every time it came on, I was like, oh, like Astro. 
every time. Oh, wait. Let me see. Who's Athena? This is crazy. Oh, cool. Okay. An officer stationed on the Galactica. Highly qualified in a number of roles from directing air traffic. Okay, cool. Awesome. Okay. Um, awesome. That's cool. Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch that a little bit later. I haven't really done much TV watching lately. I gotta, I gotta get back into the, the, the yeah. falling, allowing yourself to just get lost in, in, in fantasy or like in a story. Is, I think Dude, really I am help, so really ready helpful. to do that. I'm like, I'm so ready. I feel like I haven't watched TV in like two years, realistically. Mm-hmm. Um, but my master's program, I'm almost done. I'm like, I'm like really almost done. And so I'm so excited to just be like, okay. How many episodes of Star Trek am I watching? Or how many how many movies? All these sci fi's I have to catch up on, or all the Marvel I have to catch up on. So, I'm so much, so much. But then a lot of these things too, George, they don't really age. And so, like I've I've watched things recently that came out like a fairly really long time ago, and I was like, oh, I never actually saw this until recently. I can't think of one off the top of my head, oh, but I remember something. Korea. You do? What is it? I have a really embarrassing one. Um, I I had never seen Top Gun. Um, Oh, I also saw that later in my life. Yeah, like, and it was good. I, like, really enjoyed it. It was, you know, really cheesy transitions, but um, (laughs) but it was really good. And, uh, yeah, anyway. I got into it because of of working at the Intrepid, so giant aircraft carrier in New York. So it was like everyone was like, oh, you got to watch Top Gun. We literally play it once a month on the hangar. And I was like. You worked on an aircraft carrier? Yeah, so that was I was a volunteer. That was what I had mentioned earlier. I didn't specify, but uh, that was the museum I volunteered at because they have the space shuttle Enterprise there, so the the oh. original like prototype, um, and they have a shuttle pavilion. And so I was like, maybe I should start because this is this was a test for myself to see like how I would feel speaking publicly. Um, and kind of like educating and talking about space. And totally. I like wasn't really that well, like that, that good at it. Like I had, it wasn't good at diction. I wasn't good at like my, my pronunciations of things. Uh, so I was like, maybe I could just sort of see if I could do this. Um, I still slur a lot and I could sometimes it's hard to understand me, but uh, this was my way of, of sort of doing it. And I was like, I had to learn a lot of stuff because it's a huge ship and I didn't have the luxury of choosing where I'd be located for like my first few months there. So they had me all over the place on the ship, um, except for the submarine, because that made me very nervous. I I just got really claustrophobic on the submarine. I was like, please don't ever put me down there. Like I can't do a full four hour shift on that thing. So Uh, yeah. yeah. So the notebook was huge. It was like a textbook size, like learn, like learning manual for newbies. Um, but what I liked about it is there were actually a lot of the vo- – most of the volunteers were like veterans uh, who had fought on the ship um, so and cool. just sort of like hearing their stories but also sort of their perception of war was really interesting and that was what was – wow, I, sort of stood out to me the most because like – yeah, that that helped I think sort of shape a very different view or outlook on that. I mean overall I just don't think that – you know. I mean, war is not, I don't think necessarily ever a good thing, you know, and it's better to have peace. It's always better to not want to, uh, or not have, not ever feel like you have to, um, protect people or land or, you know, family with the result of having to kill others. I don't think that's really a good thing, but, uh, hearing sort of what their views were and what they were going through and, like basically the mindset of the United States at this time 
Um, when a lot, I mean, a lot of them were like the Korean War and um, Vietnam, probably Vietnam. There were uh, there were some, not not a lot, mainly just because I think a lot of people who fought during Vietnam are just uh, not not too well today. Um, yeah, true. Some of them are, but I think just physically, uh, also emotionally, uh, there's a lot of PTSD from from that. So. I don't think there's, I didn't really come across many, uh, maybe like one, one or two people, but a lot of them. Yeah. So, so they were just, um, they just learned a lot from them. Uh, and they knew the ship, like the back of their hands, like they would, they'd be sure. totally comfortable and fine sleeping on that ship again. And a lot of them were like in their nineties. Uh, oh so goodness. I was kind of a rare case of a volunteer, this like 25 year old girl at the time, uh, I'm not 25 now, I was 30, but this was like it was really it was it was really fun though. Um, it was definitely a good experience, and every time I get to see a battleship somewhere, I'm like, I need to go on board. And oh, that's so cool! Just yeah. Um, but uh, I want to kind of go back for one more question about the analog astronaut program. Is what what's in your opinion or your knowledge uh, of of how the missions happen? Um, how much would you say does this actually prepare someone for going to space or another planet? Yeah, really, really good question. I think kind of to answer answer alongside of it first, one of the reasons why I really like these kinds of missions or at least telling people about these missions is because space is really hard, like we know this, and there's so much preparation for these missions to the actual International Space Station and to lunar missions. And a very small part of the reason why there's so much denial, very small, is that people don't see all the work that's put into these missions. And so I think it's important for people to know that there are missions like this that test a lot of the different functionalities that they do just as added exposure that humanity works so hard to make this happen and so many people are involved. So that's that's one piece. But um, does it actually help people become, actually help astronauts? I think that the, in my opinion, I haven't been on the mission, um, but in, from my opinion and what I hear, the confinement um, and the the um, basically being locked in a box with four almost strangers um, that you may be trained with, I think is probably the best the best part of the mo- most effective part of the preparation because we've seen from missions and, and I'm sorry I can't pull them off the top of my head. Um, with United States and, and Russians up, up there in the in the ISS that it can really get to you. Mm-hmm. Like the confinement and the solitary confinement up there, not solitary, I mean, with your crew, but um, it can get really depressing. Uh, you can, you know, your characteristics can change. You can, you can kind of become a separate person if you're not prepared to deal with everything that happens psychologically with you. And I think that even just two weeks, I mean, is it's not going to prepare you fully, but um, Mm -hmm. it'll help identify trends that begin to form and and things like that. So ideally, yeah, we have these long missions and there are analog astronauts that go for nine months at a time in, in in some of these areas and deserts and things like that. But I think that's going to be probably one of the most impactful ways other than life-saving technologies like communications that are tested out. But I think that's probably it. Nine months. I didn't realize there were missions that long. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, like uh, analog missions. I mean, yeah, no, totally. But you think about it, and you know, NASA. For those that don't know, uh, I have it up. Hold on, I have it up right here. Is it high seas? Uh, um, no, it's the um, the press release from the seventeenth 
um, NASA seeks comments on Moon to Mars objectives. So basically, they they published their their objectives for the the Mars mission that they want uh, to do, mm -hmm. where two people will go to the will go to Mars, and it's going to be a five hundred day trip. And I can tell wow. you right now, I don't think that they're going to send two people for five hundred days to another planet unless they've done it here on Earth. So, yeah, you can bet you can bet that they're going to be doing a lot of those longer missions. Gosh, 500 days. So that's, let's see, 365 days is a year. So this is like it's a year, a year and, and how years. many months? Yeah, like a year and two thirds, maybe. It's, it's that's so long. Because they're going to go, they're going to go there. And I think they're only going to be there for 30 days. And they're going to head home. Um, now, this is not a mission oh. that's published and ready to go. This is NASA literally saying, hey, here's our idea for how the moon to Mars missions will go. Give us your feedback. And they're literally taking feedback from citizens, from us. Um, mm. I'll, if, if people want to check it out, I'll share. Is it easiest to text? I actually links? just shared it in the chat. You did. Oh, you um, okay, I good. did. Yeah, I've just, yeah. Anytime you mention something, yeah, it's awesome. like I Google it just so quickly. I have like, way too many tabs open right now. Um, um, and yeah, but uh, they, Ping, Ping Nick just said they do something like that on the big island of Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii is a huge one. Um, Death Valley, the desert is a huge one. And um, Antarctica, they do shorter missions, but they do do some in North Canada too. Wow! And and from what you know, the uh, I could say you probably know a lot more than I do in this. You said that it was not uh, was it ninety days was the longest one that we've had so far. I so did not humanity. Say, I do not. No, know. you didn't. Yeah, I'm not okay, sure. I'm curious. Yeah. What was, I'm just gonna look it up. <laughs> I'm gonna race you to mission. Although I guess the, so, the longest space mission was when Scott Kelly was in space, right? That was was that a little over a year? That was three hundred sixty-five days. I know it's kind of what they the documentary yeah. is. Isn't there a Russian woman who has a longer one than him, or no? Um, let me see. Here, you look up the analog one, and everyone okay. else, if you guys could find this before us, let us know. Uh, we're looking up the longest analog mission that's been done here on Earth, and then the longest space mission of like one person who's been in space. So I found that, yeah, the first thing that pops up just when I Google it is, is 340 days for Scott Kelly. He holds the record for the longest U.S. space flight. So let's see, longest worldwide. No way. Valentina Tereshkova had the longest? Oh, no, she was the, whenever. I know I'm she was the first up. woman, but I was like, whoa, what? The first and the longest. <laughs> oh, that would have like, Totally blew my mind. Yeah. Here we have Mark Vandy High completed a single mission aboard the International Space Station for 355 days on March 30th of 2020. This on NASA.gov. Uh, NASA's astronaut Scott, Scott Kelly, final mission abroad. Okay. So this, who is this person? Let me look up his name. See where he's from. He is a United States Army officer. So I guess he's also a U.S. astronaut. Yeah, he's a U.S. astronaut. NASA astronaut Mark T. Van Uh Huh. Okay. So I guess those are those have been like the longest. But it's such a, kind of just then estimating that a year is the longest we've really had a human in space. I mean, but that's yeah. So um, wow. I will say um, high seas, which is the one in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. um, they had people spend 365 days in there to simulate a Mars mission. But mm -hmm. then the only one over that is the Mars 500 mission, which had people from Russia, Italy, and America. Uh, let's see. 
I found uh, it as well. Neck yeah, and serious. 520 days. Wow. Amazing. And that was back in, that was in to June 2010. Yeah. 2010, they started. March. Yeah. So it looks like we've done that, but it was, it was, it was five dudes. So. I, Wait, I'm know. seeing women here in this picture here. I just shared the link in the chat. If you want to see, it, it says okay. crew from four month serious 19 mission stand outside. Okay. Well, I guess four month is, is yeah, so short. Three, That's not. Yeah, yeah. There were three Mars 500 missions and they all grew in the amount of days. Um, wow. I'd be curious to see how adding two genders would change that dynamic. That'd be interesting. Gosh. Yeah. I just, I can't even imagine just, yeah, physically how my body would feel. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I would probably, and I've said this before about like whenever I would like go to space, I imagine myself like maybe it'll happen when I'm younger if it's, you know, more of these like shorter flight, you know, like Blue Origin and, um, and, and SpaceX and, um, Hey, Athena, would you go on a Blue Origin flight if you got a ticket? If you had the opportunity today? Yeah, why not? Go? Yeah. Are you like concerned about safety at all? Um, like Blue Origins. <laughs> what? What? I guess I feel like with their mission, it's it's so much more straightforward. It's just like an up and down. So I, I guess I just thought it wasn't really too because they they they're using stuff that's been done. They're using very similar. Uh, I don't know, like engineering, I would say, or, or kind of just mechanics and, and a blueprint of a, a very similar thing that's been used for a really long time. Even the Apollo missions of like going up, releasing the space capsule. It float for a second and then it comes down with a parachute. So I, I didn't really see it as much as, as like too like risky, I guess. Um, I'd prefer to do like what Cyan Proctor did, which was like orbit oh, the Earth for three yeah. days on a crew yeah. dragon, which is like, that's cool. Uh, but if I got offered. Um, like tomorrow. Like, I might. Hey, tomorrow you're, you're flying to, I mean, you're not flying Gosh, to you know, Texas. Now, this is the difficult thing is that like, you know, I want to be a mother and I want to start a family and like, that's something I'd like to do in the coming years. And so like thinking about sort of taking a risk with like my body and like that scares me. And like even mentioning that's kind of where I was going at with thinking about like doing a really long mission, which is why I was about to say I'd, I can imagine myself doing something like this post menopause. Like if I already have a family and I'm a grandmother and I have all that done, I'd be ready to go to space on a one way one way ticket in the future. Like I, I would that would is something oh, I had had considered sure. oh, yeah. and like take my husband with me, you know, like I'd be like, you want to go to space together? And <laughs> you know, finish our life out there, like that could be really cool. Um, and I see that as a possibility. I don't, I mean, it might change by the time I'm that age and I might not feel this way anymore. I'm an optimistic 30 year old right now, but I, I think that you have a valid point though, as far as like kind of safety concerns go, where it's like, when I applied to the Dear Moon project, I had that thought and I was oh. like, oh, if I'm going to be gone, like, what if I like, you know, I, what if I like, obviously if I get pregnant before that, or if something happened, not that that's anything on the agenda currently, but like hypothetically that mission would be in four years. Yeah. And so, or I guess two years now. You'd have a one-year-old, two-year-old. So then what would I do? Yeah. Like if I was in your position, I, I wouldn't because I feel like I really owe to my family uh, to, to raise them. But it also it, it, it's different for each person because, you know, that's kind of the beauty too of, of partners is is having another person there as well to both of you raise them up so it's it's yeah oh it's it's a it's a tricky answer because now you, you really brought up a valid point you personally would go on a rocket tomorrow if you were offered one 
Oh gosh, I don't. <sighs> or you know, I was so quick to say yes, to like but prepare but... or something like that. To where? Like the rocket doesn't have to be tomorrow. You'll still get to train and and like right, get yourself right. ready for three Gs or whatever. I I think I would probably still say yes, just because the, the, the percentage of the human population that's had the chance to do that, I, I feel like to, to say no is, is something that like I would always have in the back of my mind for the rest of my life. Sure. Um, so I probably would say yes. And, and I don't, oh, so what would be the safety concerns with Blue Origin? What do I not know about? Is their track record not as good? I thought they had quite a lot of successful flights with their most no, recent. They, they have successful flights. Um, SpaceX has successful flights with humans on board. Um, SpaceX has a lot of successful flights without humans on board, but you know what I mean? I just, the idea of you actually going on a rocket, that's not like a NASA rocket. I don't know. You know, like it, it, mm-hmm. I think that to me, it's still safe, but NASA is the one that's been doing it for years and years and years. And it, I think it's more of like a um, non-tangible fear of, you know, commercial companies just started sending people up. You want to be on the seventh crewed flight ever on Blue Origin? I, to me, that scares me. Oh, so I, I see what curious. you're saying. I'm just curious how you felt. So uh, well, you wouldn't, who, you wouldn't you know, look at it as like what the rocket is then? Because um, like I would look at it as like the launch vehicle. So rather than kind of generalizing like NASA, I would say like, well, what is the launch vehicle? So like Saturn V had a lot of missions. And the space shuttles had a lot of missions. Uh, but if you're constantly having changes of policy, changes of budget, changes of all the bureaucratic stuff that comes, unfortunately, with such a, a massive space agency, it can run into a lot of problems for just those, the brilliant minds of people who are trying to actually just do their job and make it happen and make the rocket be its thing. And because it's been delayed so much, it raises concern in my eyes to really trust the vehicle until I see it do several missions over and over and over again. So I would not want to be on the first mission. Um, for, for something like that. But for these other rockets that NASA's had that have done several missions, Atlas V, Delta Heavy, Delta IV, all of these, because they've had so many, maybe I would trust it a little bit more. Um, but that, but again, that's just me. And also I'm coming from a place of, of not as much knowledge in this stuff as people who actually work on this, the spacecraft development, who work on the rocket development, who I kind of wish were, were on the show right now to just to, just to tell me off and be like, hey, <laughs> There's a lot more you don't know about this rocket because I'm not a rocket scientist. Um, so I will actually, I, I will, I will take up on that that moment of sort of self recognition. Say, <laughs> you know what? And that's why I asked because I'm not a rocket scientist and I yeah. don't know. Like, is it is it rinse and repeat or is it a really hard technical marvel every time they launch? You know, I, I think it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think it's closer to a technical marvel every time, but I don't know. Yeah, I was just you know. We got to talk to some of the, the really cool like psychomers on social who actually, cause I think, so Joan, um, if you, if you, if you know who, who she is, I think, uh, her account is, um, the, the female engineer, I believe. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So she worked on, I think, SLS and, um, oh, I think another spacecraft as well. And so that's why I was like, ah, I really, you know, I, I, I don't want to. Yeah, sort of, sort of speak without even knowing these things because I, I don't know left or right of how these things are developed. Whereas there's people, you know, like her and several other people who actually know these things um, and could better, better sort of help us maybe make the decision or judgment of whether or not to sort of trust our lives in the hands of these rockets. Really.
Um, sorry though, I, I cut you off. Were you going to say something else? No, not at all. No, no. I was just curious if you would go on a rocket. What about you? Uh, would you I go don't... to another planet or celestial body as well? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, so for me, uh, I am not, I'm not. I have not been given the opportunity to get on a, a Jeff Bezos rocket. Sorry, I, it's hard for me not to call it that. A Blue Origin mm-hmm. rocket. Um, so much more than Jeff Bezos, of course. Um, I have not been given the opportunity, but I, I was given the opportunity to apply um, to be, to like, to win a seat, kind of like a sweepstakes kind of thing, to win a seat on an upcoming launch. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm having this really intense internal struggle of like, it's not, maybe it's improving science. I, I don't feel like I'm doing a mission I'm just going as a tourist to like go up into orbit or to to touch orbit and come back down. And is it worth the risk of strapping a rocket to my back in case, you know, I would leave my wife with two Mm -hmm. kids and my wife's pregnant with a third. And (gasps) wow. Well, congrats on that. Thank you. It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. But so for me, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like weighing the possibilities of, you know, do I just even apply? Because if I if I apply for something, I apply with the conviction that I will get it because that's the only way I'm going to do a good application, right? Not like a, a prideful thing, just like a I want to do a good application. Um, and so for me, I've just been struggling. Like without kids, I would do it in a second, right? Um, but it just yeah. changes things when they're so young. So I don't know. I but if somebody if somebody said we want you to be the first boots on Mars, um, oh. It's just so it's see having your name in the history books is not worth widowing your wife, you know? So I like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would do it. I still don't know. I wonder if I'm sure the astronauts had these conversations from Apollo because like, how did they do it? You know, I mean, they had a good question. families at home as well. Yeah. That's a super good question. I know that one of the, one of the movies, was it the, um, first man? Yeah. First man. That was the, the guy with, uh, the notebook. Right and La La Land. What's his name? Ryan Gosling. Ryan um, Gosling. Yeah, they did a great job on that movie. Wow, that was amazing. I thought that it was, was so heavy, though. Did you feel hey, like it was really yeah. heavy? Yeah, it was right after my daughter was born, and I was like, I don't think uh, I don't think I can handle this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the same. I guess you're right. Yeah, it's the same similar thing. But for me, it's like I don't know if it's worth it if I'm just touching space and coming home. Is the inspiration that it will give to my kids and the all the science communication I will be able to do after that worth the risk. I don't know. I've been mm. thinking about it for the last week. I have no idea. Can you tell me what to do? I, I, I can't. <laughs> I'm over here lighting a Palo Santo stick just so I can <laughs> sort of meditate a little bit on this thought because, yeah, it wasn't until really like right now that we're talking about this that it really started to become so much more serious where like when I first started like Astro Athens, my answer was hell yes. You know, I was so – gung-ho for it but um i'm almost valuing the things that we have here on earth like like just and part of me biologically that i i also really want to have happen one day that i almost it, it's really made this this answer a little bit more difficult um but that's why i think that the solution for me and what i really would enjoy is just being like a great you know like postmenopausal 55 year old woman getting gray's hairs and just you know like having kids and grandkids and then going and doing it um because i just think just yeah just 
physicality speaking wise right now, I, I, I don't know if I want to put my energy towards that. And, and I really thought I did. Um, I really did. But thinking about sort of the, the preciousness of being able to create life inside me, I think is a little bit more magical uh, in a sense, which again, I'm really shocked I'm saying this because this is literally just coming from my heart right now, but just sort of thinking about how much my mind was set on going to space. And yet I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, hmm, maybe that's actually something I'd rather do much later in my life. Also, because I think of where space technology is going to be in 20, 30 years. I mean, it's going to be, it's, I mean, I'm hopefully fingers crossed, but I really think the privatization of space has aided in this. Think of how much, I don't know, just we, things we can't even think up of yet. Uh, how much more innovation there might be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if people are doing giveaways to touch space today, imagine what's going to happen in 30 years when, you know, you're ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I mean, think about it. When you were born in 92 or 91. 91, yeah. Then what were we doing? We were doing shuttle missions. We were stopping shuttle. No, no. We were. I I think shuttle missions were currently happening. They ended. We like had just started shuttle missions, I think. I'm so bad with that. You know, I should know my history, but it's okay. No, I I think it was around. I know they were happening during that time. I believe the last mission was 2011, um, and I think they were initiated in 81. Was it 80s? Okay, it was ha! Yeah. Okay, yeah. it and was so a we wild were in the guess. Of the shuttle missions, and we were still figuring out. You know, the we were still figuring everything out, and now private companies are going touching space every month less than that you know spacex is going to be doing it you know all the time and oh my god it's like every week with spacex yeah Yeah. tourists are going up now and all these other companies are forming rocket companies and yeah i think in 30 years it's going to be a way different story so um yeah but yeah it's great that you're having this thought right now too because to be prepared to make that decision you won't be let down. Like when you grow up mm-hmm. for the next, again, you grow up all over again for the next 30 years, you're going to be able to say like, no, I, it's okay. Like I, I expected not to be able to go to space instead of holding a baby in your arms and being like, Oh, I'll never go into space. And it's because of you, you little child that just, you know, came out. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting yeah, there, but I don't it's think good to think about. It is. It is good to think about. And I guess we don't really know like what would ever really come to our emotions or our mental state or like really what we'll feel. Um, but I do think, yeah, just sort of, I don't know if it's because I've just been doing like a lot of meditation practices lately and just like, yeah, a lot of yoga. So I've just been sort of like, and not that that's really like the answer for anything necessarily, but it, it allows you to be very still and and just really look inward. And, and I think that because of that, it's allowed for almost like a deeper connection to just like the universe in general and like the cosmos, the greater cosmos that it almost feels like. I've already been to space without actually going to space. And I'm not trying to sound all crazy, crazy hippie or anything like that. Like I, you know, but, but just sort of thinking about it because like we have so much more inside of us than I think that we might think just because of sort of the way we've sort of built our society, um, which I love in some sense, the way we've built our society and a lot of aspects, it works. A lot of aspects, things don't work, but I think that, um, because of that, we've lost touch with a lot of things internally, uh, and also the cosmos because of a lot of a lot of light pollution. But you mentioned something that just reminded me that I was going to say earlier about the 
analog missions and being confined uh, and about the meditation. Um, I don't know if anyone has ever heard about Vipassana uh, and it, it originated no. in India and it's a, a type of meditation technique where you're completely like still and you meditate for 10 days straight. You're eating, oh. you're silent, you take a vow of silence. Um, and uh, I'm actually like hoping to do this on my own soon. And um, it's very, very hard. It's very challenging for a lot of people. Um, and the reason is because we have so much stimulation in the world we have around us. And with doing this and sort of just sitting with yourself in silence, like things may come up and awaken from just like your internal like views or whatever it is and whatever you're feeling. I don't necessarily know because I haven't experienced it. Um, but that being said is that when you're confined in quarantine on a 500 day mission to Mars, if you have been able to gain this strength of a mental state and be able to then like, if you realize you can't just walk it off, because how many times do we get upset about things or a situation and you just are like, I need to just walk it off. You can't go anywhere. I'm going to go be in the sun. I'm going to go sit right. up in the sun. You can't do that in space. <laughs> You'll die. Well, you can't physically, but you might be able to achieve that like no, in exactly. a mental state by exactly. just sort of allowing yeah. yourself and not, I mean, and it's, it's, I'm sure it's really difficult. I haven't even been able to really do that for myself, but I think that it's possible. And so I think that if we can tr start to train more individuals to do this, and I love that meditations are being introduced to kids in schools, um, this might be a good way for astronauts to be able to to withstand those missions. Um, um, I, I uh, want to do a whole episode with you on meditation, but I, I I'd i love to, to. I promise. I promise. We got to do like an Instagram live together or something yeah. and, and oh, talk about that. Yeah. I will say though, uh, so 100% to everything you said, um, I want to be respectful of your time. So I, um, I do want to- Yo, you as this. well, for sure. Yeah, no, take your time, seriously. Okay. Um, have you seen Moonshot? Cole Sprouse. I have not. Uh, just came out last year, I think. Oh, Cole Sprouse. Like, like, um, like Sweet Life has, of Zach and yeah. Kid? Yeah. <laughs> Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. So the dude oh came my back God. and did Riverdale. And yes, I remember show, that. Right? And so anyway, I, I heard of the show. I got my dad's password to HBO Max because that's how I do it. And um, <laughs> somebody told me to watch Moonshot. And so I did. And it's basically about this kid who is obsessed with Mars. He's obsessed with going to space and um, obsessed and it's Cole Sprouse and he just knows everything about space and he's not getting high enough marks to like go to the Mars program because it's in the future and you can go to Mars and work there and stuff like that. And basically there's this conversation. This goes back to what you were saying about not maybe not needing to go to space because you've already been to space uh, or you've already felt like you were in space like cosmologically. Um, and one of the things he's basically having a conversation with this woman who's kind of like asking him why he's so obsessed and he's like, why are you so obsessed with Mars and why are you so obsessed with going to space? And he's like, cause it's just so beautiful in space and all, all this stuff. I forget exactly what he says, but she basically looks at him and she, she goes, they're in the spaceship and she goes, what's wrong with you? And he's like, what are you talking about? She goes, you live on the most beautiful, brilliant piece of creation that we will never be able to replace or rebuild in the next billion years and it shows earth like a pale blue dot oh and, and i just looked i have at goosebumps it. right now oh i just got them the same i just got the same and 
it was just one of those things like we're on a spaceship right now like we're we're in space right now we're experiencing we're experiencing all of that like we're we're in it and i think that it just really drives home what you said about maybe it's not meditation for some people but for for mm-hmm. you for me it's that idea of meditation and um listening to yourself internally identifying where you are who you are and and if you know it's really cool man yeah oh gosh i'm going to i'm going to watch it i have it pulled up right now and it's gonna... i enjoyed it it was cute and it, it was a the don't watch the trailer um, okay don't don't watch it they, they it'll show just kind of the, show the, the whole movie scenes. yeah um, i figured but at the same time <laughs> At the same time, it's the movie's way different from the trailer, and, and I was pleasantly surprised. So it's cute; you'll like it. That's so good. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. Um, wow, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that because I think that ties really well with just sort of like, yeah, kind of our own planet, and uh, just yeah, we can't, we can't, we should never be able to make the mistake of like forgetting kind of where we came from and what allowed us to even exist if it wasn't for the you know the atmosphere and everything here we wouldn't exist so um on that note um i'm curious if you are open to take questions from the audience or not i don't know if um of course anyone does anyone have any questions can you type it in the chat just say like yes or no like i do or i don't this way we can just sort of see um and if we do i'm gonna have to switch my headphones because my phone is about to die and uh, (laughs) these headphones plug into the headphone jack or the Uh, the charger jack um so what, what i could do is always just grab a pair. We, I, this also happened during my interview with Adara, who's also here. So hello. <laughs> um, cause I, I remember that cause we, we also went into, I think a couple of hours. Um, but yeah, that was, yeah, that, that was, that was, this has been such a great conversation. So I just wanted to say that, like, thank you for, for just being open as well. Cause, um, I think that we both really opened up about quite a lot in this conversation and this ended up just being so much better than the questions I typed up, to be honest. Um, (laughs) My like really basic questions, why space? Would you go to another planet? Like, it's like, no, we're talking about some real stuff here. Like, I mean, we covered um, a lot of it to say. We did. We did. did. You actually basically like answered all the questions without me having to ask them anyway, just by mentioning one topic, like analog astronaut mission, you literally covered all the questions that I would have asked. So so much better. So much better. Um, So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go ahead and just open up the room just in case anyone wants to um, tap the call in button, even though no one wrote in the chat if they had a question. Otherwise, I will also go through the chat and just see if there was anything here um i just followed adara that's so cool your bio is so cool adara yeah she is awesome i didn't have Um, the pleasure of listening to the episode so i'll have to go back and listen to it oh you've got to we we played um one of her new songs like a little snippet of it a little sample if i were a jetson yeah it's so so cool i love it um wow episode 50 is that what you just said it was 57 oh two weeks ago we're at 81. Yeah, I was, I've been just doing been so many episodes on here. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh, gosh. It's been, it's been crazy. Um, but it's been so fun. Also, I don't know who this is, but hello, Emo. This is just like, I, I, I was. so good. I love it. Because Emos are a bird in Australia, I think, right? 
And, is it emu? It's oh, it's emu. emu. Right? It's emu. You're right. <laughs> emu. Oh my god. Athena, I have a I have a question for you. Um, yeah. I've never asked you this, and I don't think I've heard you say it. What's your What's your current like end goal or next big goal? Like, oh, what's your gosh. What's your milestone you're working towards right now? Um, hold on. Um, I'm sending a weird link in the chat. So whoever opens that, sorry, not sorry. Um. I, I don't, gosh, I don't know. It's it's a very, that's actually one of the most difficult questions for me to answer because it has changed over the years as far as like what an end goal is. I guess um, and I'll clarify to make it easier on you. I know you want to be a mother and I love that so much, but specifically in the realm of um, career-wise and science sure. and what you're doing, specifically like astro-athletes, like what's, what's coming? Ah, gosh. Um, or what do you want to come? Literally, and answer this question however you want. I'm just curious, right? Um, so I can steal it and copy it. So you can steal it and copy it. Gosh, that would be so funny. I'll have to make it as like girly as possible and just be there like well, something only like I might be able to achieve as a. No, I don't think there's that's really possible to say only as, achieve as as a female no, because you're good. you're good. There's kind of the <laughs> you're good <laughs> unless it's a physical thing uh, where I like will use I don't know. Anyway, I'm not going to get all crazy right now with like female anatomy, but um, so and giving birth and embryos and stuff. But I'm not going to go there. Um, I don't. I don't know. Okay, so so like I've had a mix of like various goals um, of of Ashrath and sort of transforming into something bigger. And there's like a few things that I haven't developed enough to really be able to sort of like feel comfortable saying it. So I'm not going to mention some things, but uh, I think. I think overall is like, uh, I just, hmm. It's it's honestly really, really tricky because I'm currently going back to school and I, I'm currently pending actually an application for ASU. So fingers crossed with that. That'd be really cool. Oh yeah. my God, the dream. For oh, their God. astronomical and planetary sciences. Yeah, well, they have it I online. Go there. Oh my gosh. What? They have an online degree I could earn, yeah, which would just be so awesome for me because, like, I really want to finish at least that bachelor's online and sure. that I could just keep moving forward with other things. But I want to revisit research first. Um, I want to see about, like, what a path could be like now in my 30s, like, not, you know, sort of 19 years old and pursuing, like, a start of a modeling career and all this other stuff and dancing. And I had a lot of other things I wanted to, to pursue and I got to pursue them. So I feel like I want to revisit research and see if it's something that I might enjoy more or just feel differently about that I did back then because I didn't really enjoy – components of being a researcher like do it being an astrophysicist researcher like there were things that, that i didn't i'm this is asking out of pure curiosity how how could you get involved without having a degree oh i don't know i this was an internship i had as an undergraduate student oh, cool. um okay. so, so this was very different so what i'm yeah. saying is like i like kind of saying in the future is what would it what would i feel like as an astrophysicist researcher because i had uh, like samplings of it you know doing i did like four years of various different like types of you know sponsorships and scholarships and awesome, awesome, awesome partnerships with mentors. Uh, but I was saying, I worked on their mentors. So like, I would do that again. Um, and I loved it. I loved those components. I loved what I was researching. I thought all of it was super cool. I was able to contribute my small little amount of research towards greater papers and greater, you know, purposes and all this other stuff. Um, 
but yeah, you know, there were things about it that, um, just didn't resonate with me, which was mainly sort of like, I, I, I really like, um, being physically like expressive. So dancing, moving, acting, teaching, speaking out loud and stuff like that. And I have to really sort of like hone all of that in and then just focus all that energy into the computer or the, the, the displays in front of me and then sift through data and, you know, write up different kinds of code to analyze all the data that I, that I would have collected from whatever telescope it is that I was collecting data from. And it's not that I was incapable of doing it because I did. And I had learned like Python language, like parts of it, not the whole thing. I didn't learn all of it. I don't even remember how to really do it, but I remember my mentor saying, this is going to, this is the next big language. And that was, that shows how long ago this was. And, um, I mean, this was 10, this was like nearly 10 years ago. Um, oh, wow. There's a big spider on my wall. Sorry. So (laughs) I just looked up. Okay. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. No, I'll just, my cat will get it. Um, I'll just let my cat get it. Okay. Um, so, so anyway, so that being said, I, I just want to try to experience it again and see like, well, now that I got to put my energy towards the other things, because the problem was I was splitting up my energy between other careers I wanted to pursue. So I felt, um, yeah, like I, I wasn't enjoying it as much because I was like, oh, I shouldn't be putting my energy towards this right now because I kind of like other things. I want to do other things. And I had all these what ifs. So, but that being said, I, I would love to sort of experience what it would be like uh, to do that now as a 30 year old who, um, you know, would focus, if not 90% or 100% of my energy towards this. Sure. So I want to yeah. just do, or just experiment, you know, well, I, that's, that's probably one of my next big goals. That's one of my newest big goals is like, and, and what's really cool about astronomy is it's one of the few degrees that you could uh, do active research as an undergraduate. Um, and a lot of the other scientific degrees, uh, you can't really do research until you're in graduate school. But um, but astronomy is one of those rare ones where you're able to actually like conduct research and possibly have your name published in, in journals. Wow. I didn't uh, know that. That's cool. It's one, yeah. Well, because that's the thing is, it's I don't know why it is, but I spoke with a, an advisor recently about this, and and they were telling me all that. I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. It's why I I did all what I did. <laughs> like, yeah. I did everything, and I was like really young, <laughs> um, and because it's just possible. So, um, anyway, so that would probably be my next big goal. Uh, was is to just sort of yeah experiment with that again, see see how I would feel. Um, but otherwise, if, if not, I, I I love television. I love film. I love I love bringing people together to i haven't told you this yet amazing job on your curiosity uh, um series oh thanks amazing amazing job you absolutely what did you think of the topics because i love i was like blown away i watched it all when the producers sittings oh my gosh yeah i'm so happy you did oh thanks to congratulate you for that because that's i mean that's like a that's like a really cool i mean it just looks so fun so congrats thank you it, it, it was really fun i think what really took the pressure off was that like i wasn't i was the host i wasn't an expert i wasn't supposed to be an expert i was like literally yeah, there to sure. sort of interview experts and share share their story um even that word expert i i i, I i've love i love hate relationship with it but um oh i know but, but it was, I agree. yeah you too yeah 
Um, but I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I, I think what I liked about it too is that the producers who had approached me were two brilliant, brilliant guys. And um, one of them specifically has a background in mathematics and like Ooh. went to guys' graduate degrees, I think, in both like it was like math and physics. And he just has such a wonderful approach to life and is really interested in these big, big questions. So there's going to be more episodes coming out soon that literally Ooh. are like touching on really, really big questions of reality. And, um, and his approach was like, look, I don't want to sway people one way or another, like what a lot of shows do or a lot of media does. I want people to be able to derive their own answers. So what we're going to be doing is a lot of these shows are going to be about very controversial, debatable subjects. And we're going to be approaching it just from like really just a scientific perspective. Like we're going to bring people in from both sides. We're going to present basically the data of, of both sides or some of the opinions of both sides. I love and that. that's that. And, and I really do. Yeah. That, that, that aligns also with me and with what I like my approach yeah. to a lot of things, because I just don't think we know enough to be able to be so certain that this is the right answer. And, and this is applicable to politics as well and religions and, and it's just we're not certain enough to really know what the right answer is uh, for a lot of things. Yes, moral things. A lot of times we do. Um, but with stuff like this, especially with the show, it was like we, we have to be able to talk through these things like geoengineering and the episode on psychedelics. And uh, that like, was uh, the psychedelics one was one of the most interesting to me just because you liked it. Uh, yeah. That was an area I don't know much about, and so that one really same. Was, I I couldn't I couldn't put it down. It was too good. A Athena, you know you're on IMDb, right? Um, I think so because no, yes, <laughs> IMDb. So cool, dude. <laughs> uh, sorry, that's cool. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because I um I knew I was a very long time ago when I had done like like a couple smaller, smaller things when I was pursuing acting, but I forgot that I probably, sh I wonder if I could add curiosity stream to it. Um, well, it's on its own, like suppressed science is its own TV series on IMDb and you are, Oh, it's, I'm in it. You're in it. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. And sweet. I, I don't have to stuff. add anything. Yeah. It has your other stuff here too. Okay. Um, oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. I don't want no. you to pull up any of this vampire I, stuff, please. I definitely <laughs> won't pull it up. Don't worry. I'm not going to it right now. Oh gosh. Sure. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, no, it's just got really normal things like NASA's unexplained. Oh, files. strange evidence. Yeah, yeah and futurism like news. Oh, it That's actually has all of this. I see on here. Yep, just the normal stuff. Okay, because it also has. I did um, a, a very small role for. Um, gosh, what was his name? The producer of Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. It was like this show. Um, it was like a weird acting role. Uh, anyway, but that doesn't matter. Um, Gosh, he was like a, uh, like McCartney, I think. I forgot who it was who was the producer huh. of the show. Um, anyway, oh doesn't God, matter. Worked with Dennis Leary. That's cool. Dennis Leary. That's the name. <laughs> like, not McCartney. Yeah, Dennis Leary. Thank you. I was like, wait, this is a different, the different human being. Um, I would have been like, can you just throw me this baseball just like you did in Sandlot, <laughs> and then you can put an ice pack on my face too. I'll just let it hit my face. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I mix up Dennis Leary with um anyway. Okay. Anyway, anyway moving past stuff. So it doesn't look like um any anyone had, had wanted to call in, um, unless they were or everyone was just sort of being kind and not wanting to interrupt us. But if you guys are never interrupting, if you want to call in, tap that call in button. Otherwise, um we just went over the two hour mark. So Oh my goodness. I, I might kidding. sign like, off. I was kidding. <laughs> 
kidding. It happened. I'm happy we did it because we ended up just going down all the different paths and roads. And um, this has been this has been such an awesome conversation. So I'm really, really happy that we made this happen. So thank you, Tony. Thank you for coming on. Um, this has been so great. Thank you. Is thank there you any... Me. Yeah, so sorry. Sorry, I interrupted. I always got to remember to like pause after that. No, you're good. No, <laughs> just thank you for having me. It's honestly, it's an honor to, to be on here because when I was cons- when, when I was consuming more than I was creating, you were one of the accounts that I would follow most closely when you first started science communication. So it really is a pleasure to be chatting with you. Oh, well, thanks, Tony. That that means a lot, um, especially to the other day. I just found that little microphone that I remember you oh, introduced good. me to at ISDC. Yeah. And I mention yeah. this every time I think <laughs> that we talk, this tiny little microphone um, that plugs oh, into perfect. the phone. It's the best. Um, it's it's so great. So I, I just found it the other day and I was like, oh, I remember I bought this because of Tony. <laughs> like, So, Very yeah. Cool. Um, is there anywhere where people can follow you or stay up to date on what you're doing? Um, I am actually um, most active on TikTok right now. Um, I it's at uh, space but messier um, TikTok, and uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, um, I'll probably start being more active as I start doing more cool things this year. But that's at Tony D Bernardo, just as it's spelt in the title here. Um, it's a little confusing. I should consolidate all that, but yeah. I'm at Tony DiBernardo on Twitter and at Spacebook Messier on, on TikTok. All right. I just went ahead and shared that link. Um, awesome. Let me go ahead and share your Twitter, although I think I might have shared it earlier, but just to be safe, I'm going to share that as well. Um, but awesome. And I'll make sure also to add all these links that we've been sharing in the chat um, to the caption once this episode gets published. Um, but thank you all so much for being here uh, again, Tony. Thank you so much for just having such a wonderful conversation and for everything that you do. Um, I really do believe you're making an impact on everyone that you either talk to or work with. Uh, and I, I really can't wait to see what more you get to develop. And also, I hope to hope to maybe see you again one day, meet your wife and hopefully meet your kids as well and, and get them into space. <laughs> get yeah, them really. Yeah. I'll give them like a Saturn present, like a Saturn pillow as a gift. Um, well, just hey, to brainwash them a little more. If you find yourself back here near L.A. or south of L.A., give us a call. We'll have you over for dinner. Oh, I would love that. Okay, yeah, definitely. Listen. I've been planning a trip to, I've been planning to do a trip back out there anyway. So nice. I will definitely do that. Awesome. All righty. Well, thank you, Tony. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Uh, we'll talk soon, no doubt. All right. We'll talk soon. And to everyone else, thank you guys so much for joining this episode. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, and until next time, I hope you guys get to look outside at the sky above. And as always, Ad Astra.